likes as me, far as I be knowin'. Haven't time to slack around in comfort all the year. So when we get a little time before our boat gets going, we head on down to the library, and this is what we hear. Come on and look all around, there's plenty for to see. Make your own self right at home, I love the library. Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and that was Alec and Nicole McMurrin singing an original song they created for the library. On today's show, I've unearthed an old listening project that we have archived here at the library. It's a conversation between Patty Norheim and her sister-in-law, Gloria Omer Keenings. It's about their store, the cash, they call it the everything store, and it's a fun conversation. Patty recently passed away and her funeral will be this Saturday, April 2nd, and I wanted to play this listening project in honor of Patty, who will be dearly missed. Hello. My name is Patty Norheim, and this is my sister-in-law, Gloria Omer, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about these two women who bought a store in Petersburg with no retail experience at all. 
it seemed like the thing to do at the time. I was very pleased when Patty asked if I'd like to go into this situation with her, and it just seemed like a really great idea, so we did. My motto has always been, I can do anything for a little while. I didn't know it was going to be, what, 17 or 18 years, but <laughs> but it was worth it. It was wonderful. It all happened because I worked for the Air Force here in Petersburg for uh, 10 years, and uh uh, all of a sudden, the Air Force decided to sell our communication station here in Petersburg to RCA. So I was without a job. And we heard that there was a nice store for sale downtown. I, did, I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And Gloria and I have been partners between as mothers of eight kids that we have together. So uh, we've been partners doing all kinds of things. So I thought, I think I'll give her a little call didn't take her long to say, sure, let's try it. And that's how the whole thing got started. What I sort of forgot was that I did have five children at home, and Susie, my littlest angel, was not even in kindergarten yet. So uh, it all worked out fine. She became a retail person, too. <laughs> and I had three kids, and, and all of the eight kids worked in the store uh, at some time or another. And uh, Gloria has a little story about our pricing gun that is kind of interesting. <laughs> well, somehow, was it Susie that did that? Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was she was very busy, very busy. And um, somehow the gun was stuck on ninety nine cents. And I think she must have hit everything in the store with ninety nine cents. So we had to be detectives after we found out about it, and and clear that up or else we were going to lose our shirt and we didn't know that for a long time she just laid the gun down someplace <laughs> and all of a sudden stuff that was supposed to go for 2.99 or five dollars had had yellow stickers on it that said 99 cents and some of the stuff showed up for a couple months after that so, she was uh, busy <laughs> and and she had her own office yes that was under my desk which didn't give her a lot of room so she was out and about a lot and uh, she's always been a reader, even before she could read. So she would go. We had a whole section of, of children's books. And she would go, and, and so they kind of were used by the time that they got sold, unfortunately. But one one day a lady came to the back where our office was, and she said, there's a little girl out there, and I think she just stole a book. <laughs> well, guess who? <laughs> we cleared that up. We uh, we rented the building for uh, quite a few years. I don't remember how many years we rented. Do you, well, yeah, it seemed like a long time. Anyhow, in 1985, uh, we had been uh, approached about buying the building uh, for, oh, probably a year or so, and we weren't interested in doing that. We had our hands full with just running the store, and uh, plus the six apartments upstairs that were in such bad repair that uh, they ha- they were not being rented, and uh, so we we kept putting it off. And then the day came when they said the owner said, "Either you buy or else." Well, it's where where Mr. where uh, Mr. Swanson used to have his grocery store many many years ago when I was a kid, C. E. Swanson. So we thought, what are we going to do with all our merchandise if we if we if we don't buy the building? So we ended up buying the building. And uh, that was in 1985. And we took out a loan for that. And the interest rate was 9.5%, which was about standard at that time for borrowing from the bank. And uh, that was uh, a rude awakening for us. 
Then we sold the building in 2003. The three stores, the six apartments, and everything that went with it. So. And we didn't sell because it wasn't still fun, because we loved the people we work with. We loved to have the people come in. And it was one of those kind of stores where we sold all kinds of things that, you know, it just, it, it was an everything store. And so we would see these lovely people two or three times a week or more because they either needed a pencil or a spool of thread or whatever. And uh, so... It, I had one time had asked the accountant, I said, when when do you know is a good time to sell a store? He looked at me like I was out of my head, and he said, well, when you have a buyer, which made made a lot of sense then. So we had a buyer and sold the store. Uh, Renelle Beardsley and uh, and uh, Phil Beardsley's sister bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like Gloria says, it was an anything store. Uh, we sold office supplies. Riemann Yo's artwork, we had the exclusive on that. Uh, we sold clothing, carpeting, uh, household appliances like refrigerators, cabinets, we, we, and, and fabric samples that we had there for all the furniture. Ivory, yarn, Gloria took care of all of, all the uh, fabrics. We sold toys, birds, fish, frogs, turtles, turtles, and one time, we called, Gloria and I were on a trip, and we called back and f- from Seattle and said, we bought goldfish, so get the goldfish bowls out that we, that we bought for the, for the bowls, for the, for the little fish, and, and get them all set, put, put some water in so it won't be icy cold, and we're coming with a big, big plastic bag full of goldfish. We bought them in Seattle, and they pumped oxygen in, into the water, and sealed it up, and put it in a big box, and it came on the jet with us. And the kids in town got the word that there were going to be goldfish coming. They were all at the airport to meet us. It was just strange. And everybody said, look at, where are the fish? Where are the fish? They're in that box. <laughs> it was it was fun. And I even, ha- even had a lady call me before we left and said, would you please buy me a minor bird, which sort of looks like a crow. And... Uh, it was a lady that used to own a, a beauty shop here, and she wanted to teach the minor bird to talk so that the minor bird could talk to the customers or when she was cutting their hair. And it did, and it worked, and she loved it, and we found the bird. You never knew what people were going to want. And uh, my department was ordering the carpets and, and kitchen cabinets and things like that, and which I knew nothing about. But it's amazing how quickly you learn. And uh, I can remember we had a carpet sample that it looked like uh, spaghetti sauce. And uh, I thought, well, nobody's ever going to want that. And so this little old lady came in, and um, she was enthralled with that. And I I thought, oh, she's going to hate it when she sees a big chunk of it and on the floor. But she insisted and I think she did like it a lot when she had it down. But whoa, spaghetti sauce on the floor. We had uh, some of our clerks for 16 years. That's uh, how long we had the store. Uh, Fran Israelson and Ida Severson were with us for 16 years. And uh, they took care, better care of the store than we did. When we would go on a buying trip twice a year to Seattle, we weren't even off the airport in the jet before they had a big sale sign 
in the front of the store, and they got rid of stuff that stuff that we had bought and could not part with, although we did couldn't sell it. It just that kind <laughs> of how treasures. it goes. Yeah, <laughs> treasures that we we had picked out, thinking they were wonderful, and they ended up not being wonderful. So they were uh, they were just a joy for us. They were so responsible, and uh, their kids were all grown. So they didn't have little kids at home that were sick, so they couldn't come to work, and 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 they had a wonderful work ethic, just uh, wonderful. Well, and Pat Stolpe was with us for a lot of years, and Izzy, Izzy Roundtree. I tell was you, with us. it was it was a hot running place with yeah. those people. One time we told Izzy that she couldn't smoke cigarettes at the counter, and she just had a fit. She said, "I think I'll quit." <laughs> I said, "You know, you can smoke." <laughs> in the back room if the other clerks aren't there because they might not like to be there when you're smoking. Or you could go out. I'm not going outside to smoke. I'll quit before I have to do that. She just gradually kind of fell in with line with everybody else, and it worked okay. But it was very tense for a while, very tense. Well, we, we were kind of the mental health station before there was mental health here, and it's just amazing uh, you know, every, all of these people were our friends, and they'd have a little problem. And not that we could fix anything, but I think just telling somebody it helped. And then, where would the nursing mothers go if we didn't have the back room for mm-hmm. them to take care of their little children? <laughs> we had a little setup for them on the back steps, you know, right across from our office, so they weren't bored because they could talk to us as the baby was nursing, and then. And uh, we had the nice, clean little bathroom in town, so that was helpful for the mothers. And and uh, they would change the diapers, and then they'd say, thanks a lot, and off they'd go. It was kind of a stopping-off place. You got very close to these little kids. Yeah. We had a, always had a big, big Christmas party, and uh, we had food and booze. Norma Tenford made eggnogs in the back room, and... Uh, in a great, big, huge bowl. And I was on the school board at that time, and the teachers found out that we were going to be having this party with eggnogs and lots of uh, food. And uh, so they said, could you wait till 4 o'clock to start it so that something will still be left when we get out of school on the last day before Christmas? So we did, and 52 of them came in one shot. And uh, we had we had people lined up. From the back of the store to the to the front, it was uh, it was it was really fun. It was it was just wonderful. At that time, the eulabucking was usually just all on one day, and uh, so people just marched from store to store to store. And it still is a little bit like that, but you know, people kind of pick and choose now which day they're going to use. But it was a big celebration. And Norma did a did a good job. She entertained a little bit and as she was mixing this stuff up. And uh, I'm kind of into music a little bit, and so we always had a nice music set up in, in our office, and we had speakers out in the store. And uh, we, we, were, we were, Roy and I were testing the people one day, so there were quite a few people in the, in the store, and I put on kind of a slow, easy Mantovani uh, record on, and People were kind of working, walking with the beat of the music. They weren't going too fast. This was an easy, slow, slow music. And so we watched that for a little while. And when it ended, uh, I put a Sousa march on. 
And all of a sudden, the same people that had just been kind of logging, lollygagging around were kind of snapping their fingers and and uh, moving faster. and uh, Buying faster. Buying faster. <laughs> they were picking up speed. They were marching around the store, buying like crazy and laughing at each other. It was a fun thing to do. We, we did it several times. Patty's a psychologist in her spare time. <laughs> that worked. That was fun. Now, Patty wasn't going to mention this, but one of the funniest things that happened in our store is that one winter there was a rodent problem in town. I mean, really, downtown. And I don't know if it was unusually cold or what, but so many of the stores had these lovely furry friends. And uh, we didn't kind of realize how bad it really was. And uh, so, I don't know, I was up on the ladder doing something up there and all of a sudden somebody said there's a rat (laughs) and the store was full of people and so I got down off the ladder and three people ran up (laughs) so it took us a while to control that we had um, uh, Paul Tate lived across the bay and we said I don't we don't know what to do about this problem and so he took his chainsaw because we thought we knew kind of where they were coming from and uh, made a big hole in the middle of the floor and then took a flashlight and looked around there and he did see one who had expired and oh I tell you it was it was horrible but most of the stores had the problem so I guess it was okay to tell we 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 put traps all around with fried bacon on it and that worked better either that or peanut butter uh but we never picked up the trap if it had been successful. We got somebody else to do that. That was me. <laughs> that was <the> somebody else. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, Gloria and I traveled uh, to Dayton, Ohio several times uh, to visit my three old maid aunts. And uh, uh, we were invited to go to an old building, uh, three or four stories hall high, uh, for a friend of my aunt's who who lived there and owned owned the building, and during the war, I think Gloria, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, but there was price control, mm-hmm. which meant she could not raise the, the the price of all the apartments, so she closed them all off and lived in this big building by herself. And she called the aunts and said, "Would you like to bring Gloria and Patty over to my apartment, because President Johnson is going to be coming." in an alley right be right next to our building and I've got lots of windows on that side we can all hang out the window and see him and so we said sure we'd love that so we all went and there he came through the through the alley standing on the roof the, on the hood of a brand new mercury car and waving to people and he looked up at us and we all waved and it was so exciting we had never seen the president before and uh later we had uh some ice cream very hard ice cream very very hard and the aunts uh said you know uh our hostess is using some beautiful silverware that is antique and uh it's very very special i'm surprised they're using it well it was very very fragile very fragile and very us. little demitasse spoons to eat ice cream with. So Gloria and I were both sitting on the piano, piano stool, and so we were eating our ice cream. And I, I, I was 
being very ladylike and careful, but somehow I got this spoon into a, a hard piece of ice cream and it broke in half. And I, and I looked at Gloria and I said, we've got a problem. And she said, what? What's going on? I don't see anything going on. I opened up my hand so no one else could see it. And here was the spoon in two pieces. I said, what are we going to do? She said, well, let me think. What we'll do is we'll wait till everybody's done eating. Give a little time here to think. Then you and I will pick up everybody's dishes and put them in the sink. And we'll put it, that broken spoon in the bottom one, pile all the others on top just before we leave. We'll make sure. Sure enough, we never did hear another thing about that, did we? No, thank goodness. But it was a little devious on our part. But but how could you tell somebody you'd wrecked her wonderful, fragile, antique spoon? I mean, it just snapped in half. It just and there it was in my hand, and nobody noticed because all the old ladies were a little bit deaf, so they didn't hear the snap. (laughs) But it was uh, it was a scary moment. We were so I was so embarrassed. That was uh, that was one of our most famous trips, and then I went to that Mercury uh, Auto Sales place in Dayton, Ohio, the next morning, and I bought a beautiful turquoise Mercury station wagon, and Gloria and I drove back uh, to Seattle on that. And and the the car that the president had been standing on was there, and the the salesman said. Look at the hood on that car. Look at those scratches on that car. Those were done by the President of the United States. I said, are you going to charge more for it? And he said, we'd be lucky to sell it. <laughs> so that was another little interesting thing. Oh, and then we took, it was the first automatic car that Gloria or I had ever draw, draw, driven. And so the ants kind of led us out from their house and got us on the freeway and, uh, Told us where we had the map. Gloria would always; she was an excellent map reader. Not a very good driver, but I was good with and, maps. And I was the driver. And uh, so we got on the freeway, and I thought, this is really living. We can go 70 miles an hour, and beautiful brand new car. So we drove clear to Seattle, and we somehow we went through North Dakota or South Dakota. We were supposed to stop at Mandan, Mandan South Dakota, to say hello to. Lois DeBoer's mother. So that was our, that, that day, that was our plan for the day. So we got up early and started driving and, and we were in a place where you could see 20 miles ahead and I said, Gloria, I'm kind of tired. Why don't you, why don't you uh, drive now? I oh, had I my chance. I, I don't think I want to. I don't know. Okay, I'll try it. And I was kind of tired. So we switched and Gloria was driving and I was taking a little nap. In the front seat, and I slept for an hour or so and woke up, and I said, how soon do we get to Mandan? And she said, uh, well, we passed it. I said, what happened? She said, I don't know how to stop a car when it's an automatic. <laughs> Isn't so we had terrible? To, I said, I cannot believe what you're telling me. Put your foot on the brake. You know, no, I didn't know exactly what to do, and I didn't want to wake you up. <laughs> so... So poor Lois, we got home. We said, "Yeah, we drove right past your mother's house." So, <laughs> well, and you know, that's when the roads kind of got more complicated than just a little two-lane oh, no, road. And I mean, I would have had it turn off, and it got very complicated, more than my poor brain could do. Uh, you know, I can drive; I just can't steer. Oh. It yes, it 
becomes a little problem. And don't ever wave at her, even in Petersburg, because she never sees you because she's gripping that wheel with, with, yeah, with hands that are just white knuckled. Well, you know, I take these things seriously. You two have had a lot of adventures. Oh, yes. Years. We could probably talk to you for hours. Well, tell when you met, though, when you first met. Um, Can you remember? Yeah. Yes. Um, I was working at this little store called Electro Service, which um, Don and Slim Pettigrew uh, ran. And uh, so one day, I, it was one of those jobs where you did everything. I, I was the bookkeeper, the clerk, the window dresser, janitor, whatever. And so I was putting a display in the window, and uh, my back was to the window. And somebody knocked on the window, and it was Patty's brother Dave. And I thought he was pretty darling, but I didn't think too much of it. And uh, he thought I was somebody else when he knocked on the window. So the next day, he came in and apologized for being so rude. And uh, so, I don't know, things kind of started from there. And uh, just one thing led to another. And I'd like I feel that I inherited a wonderful sister in the whole deal. That was one of the better things that came along with Dave. That's all I can say. <laughs> one one more little little story about uh, our store. We had an old fashioned uh, uh, cash register at the cash, and uh, uh, it, it it was electric. But if the lights went out, you put a handle on it and you could crank it and get the cash door open, so you weren't stuck if the lights went out which happened quite often in those days. So at the end of the day, we'd take the cash door back, and then in the morning we'd set it all up for the day. And if there was any, if there was more money than, than the merchandise we sold and the change that we had put in the f- former day, if there was a little overage, we'd put it in a cigar box. And we kept doing that. If it was under, we didn't do anything. We didn't take the money out of the cigar box and put it back in. It was close enough. When there was enough money in there, Gloria and I would make a decision and we'd tell the clerks, tell your husbands to come at five o'clock tonight and we've got enough money in the cash, in the cigar box. We're all going to the Elks and have a drink. <laughs> and so that's where the overage went for, for our, our day's work. Doing, having the store was a wonderful experience. You know, Gloria probably won't tell you this, but when people in town would build a new house, they would bring their house plans in, done by an architect, and ask Gloria to design the kitchen with with cabinets and where the refrigerator would go and where the stove would go and would you rather have doors or drawers or she'd work with these people. We'd sell the cabinets. We'd sell all the appliances, washer, dryers, everything. Everything was special order. We'd, we sold the linoleum that would go on the kitchen floor in those days and the carpeting that would go on the rest of the house. We sold all the bathroom fixtures uh, and the counters for those rooms. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but it was fun, and people were always pleased. But they would actually bring down their, their house plans. We knew exactly what size of the kitchen was, how much rug you needed for the front room, and... Uh, she worked with a lot of people just doing that. 
I was just fooling around selling little stuff, and Gloria was doing a big business in the back there. Well, it cost plus 10. We didn't get rich, but it, but it was an interesting thing to do, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just brave. Well, we had a very good person at a place called Modern Supply in Seattle who helped us a lot, and she would she would work with Gloria. That's where we got all our equipment, and uh, between the two of them, they designed a lot of kitchens in town, and we sold them a lot of things. So it was a marvelous thing for the people that were building a house because it was cost plus 10 plus freight. Mm-hmm. And we gave them the invoice showing what it cost us so that they knew that they we were only making a 10%. But 10% of a $1,000 refrigerator was 100 bucks. So uh, that was, that was in those days, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So so it was it was a fun thing. One of the fun things for me, too, was we had a pretty extensive craft area. and uh, But as a new craft came along, people wanted to have, have the stuff, but they wanted somebody to show them how to do it. So I learned a lot of crafts that I really didn't use, but I learned how to do them so I could show somebody else how to do it. So that was fun. Copper tooling which was kind of neat, and uh, just a lot of different things. Because mm-hmm. you were the fabric store. Yeah, we did have fabric and yarn and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, so. and we each kind of had our, our special things that we did. Uh, Gloria knew how to sew. I can't sew a stitch. And so uh, she took care of the fabric and the yarn, and it was a big department and a, and a, and a big part of our business. I took care of the toys and the office supplies. And a lot of things we took care of, we had the children's clothing, some. And some uh, ladies kind of just run-of-the-mill stuff. And like ship and, shore. Shore, ship and shore blouses and That's things like that that, were, that everybody wore in those days. And so uh, we, we would do a lot of those things together. Uh, but then we all always had our special things that we took care of. So... Uh, in the 16 years that we have that we had the store, there was not one argument between Gloria and I, because we all had different interests in the store. The things that we did together, we always seemed to agree on, and uh, it was a miracle. When we went to the bank to get the first loan to buy the store, the banker said, "You know, I don't think this is going to work. Two women, two women going to." are going to buy a store, and they've never had a store before. Not only that, your sister-in-laws, you're related. You know how relatives are. We said, yeah, we're not like what you're thinking of. We get along fine. Oh, yeah, everybody says that. Well, he was uh, he was a little dubious, and, and uh, we finally talked him into it. And, you know, it worked out wonderfully well for the bank at 9.5% and for us. For us, it was fun. And there weren't any other women in town with stores at that time? I uh, think Ro- that Roxy had started at that just time. Short, just it? shortly before we did. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in, you know, in the olden days, um, a lot of the women ran stores because the, the fellows were all out fishing year-round. So it just became a necessity. But they didn't probably own the stores. Well, that could be. might have been a family thing, but yeah. the women... But even if you look downtown today, there are a lot of women that are running their own businesses mm-hmm. on, up and down Main Street. And that's been that way for quite some time. Do you remember the BPW? Oh, yes. yes. Can you talk about that? 
Business and professional women. Yeah. Uh, were you ever a member? It was it was it was a very active group. I don't remember that we belonged. For some reason, I don't know why. Because yeah. I would. We be were kind probably of very involved, but I can't pick it up out of my file folders up yeah. here right now. Uh, yeah, everybody was. Uh, it, it was a it was a gung ho organization in town at that time, as was Toastmasters mm-hmm. or Toastmistress. And Junior uh, Chamber of Commerce, that was yeah. Yeah, very I, active too. Because I thought BPW was to encourage women in business. Yes, yeah, yes. and it was, yeah. and that's why I don't, I don't remember that we belonged, but it seems like that's something we would. I think we did, Gloria. I think you did. Because I think we, we we were with Roxy there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been fun. We've had uh, we've had uh, lot, lots of fun times. Uh, when we sold the store, then uh, Gloria got involved in the Tides Inn with Karen Hofstead, and uh, I was kind of at loose ends for a little while, and uh, not very long, and Gloria said, you know, a lot of people come to the Tides Inn, and they're, they're, they either fly in or come on a boat and get off of the boat. They have no way to get around. And I'm wondering if you might like to start uh, a little business or just let's try you using the van here at the Tides Inn, and we'll let people know that there's someone that will take them around, show them a little bit around Petersburg. I did that for one summer, and it grew, and it grew, and I bought my own van, and it grew, and uh, then I started contracting with the high-end uh, yachts that came in, and I did that for 19 years, and I retired completely this year, sold my van to the Tides Inn. So it went full circle. Everything went full circle, and I absolutely loved it. It was. I have lots of friends that still write to me. I go visit some of my passengers, and and uh, yeah, it was. I got to take lots of trips, empty stateroom on any of the yachts, and if I was free for a week or whatever, or I just cancel the trips that I had set up if I could, and then I would get to go. I went up. Uh, well, I did many trips, Mexico. The, the river, the big river that you take out of Columbia River, went through the locks at the Columbia River, and a jet boat up into Idaho. You know, just lots of trips, and they were all uh, gratis, and uh, was very, very interesting. It was fun to do. Thank you for joining us. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. And you've been listening to an old listening project between Patty Norheim and Gloria Omer Keenings. And this listening project is archived on the library's website at www.psglib.org.